Hi there, I'm Ben Pierce, and welcome to the Elevated You podcast, the podcast all about helping you in the tech world develop your professional skills. Each episode, we share the top tips, failures, and lived experiences of people thriving in the same world as you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's get going. Hey folks, and welcome to the Elevated You podcast. In this episode, we're talking about moving from survival to revival in the tech world. And it's been a tough time. Loads of people have been laid off in the last year, and those that have kept their jobs are working twice as hard to cover the gap. So it feels like loads of people uh, are feeling the strain. So to help us with this topic, we have a guest who specialises in coaching IT professionals. She's a self-leadership coach who uses science-backed mental fitness approaches to, to help people move from surviving to reviving and then thriving. So please welcome to the podcast, Alison Sinclair. Ah, uh, hi Ben. Thank you for having me today. Um, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. It's lovely to have you. And we're actually we're face to face. This isn't a remote recording today. I know, we're it's in the same extra space. Special. <laughs> <laughs> well, to those people that don't know you, Alison, could you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I'm a self leadership, uh, mental fitness, three brains, and positive intelligence coach. And you know, my mission is really to help IT people and business professionals um, get out of survival mode and into performance performance zone so that they can reclaim how they live and how they lead themselves um, through their next big transition. Okay so you're coaching now and and that's what you're doing sort of full-time. What's your sort of background? What sort of led you to to get into this sort of coaching role? Yeah um, I've got as some people have said a bit of an eclectic background and in some shape or form all of it has led me till now. Um, so some of that background includes um, an anatomy degree, published research in oral cancer, naturopathic nutrition, living and working in Japan, um, working in neurodiversity charity sector, automotive industry, banking, um, <laughs> and leadership in IT most recently um, at Microsoft alongside your good self. And, you know, I've been in IT probably around about 15 years now. And um, well, not now, but, you know, <laughs> and um, it, it really is in the IT career that mentoring and coaching kind of became more formalized and part of my everyday sort of, you know, way of, of operating. OK. And um, I guess I had um, two kind of reference points or catalysts that really were, were quite pivotal in many ways. And one was, I think it was, um, I think it was 2014, I had the opportunity to do the Pro-Sci Change Management Professional Science um, at Microsoft. And that really sparked my interest in change management, especially um, the nature of change, what enables it, why people resist it, what makes it successful, and most of all, what's actually needed for lasting change. And then I guess the second sort of pivotal moment was around um, attending Michael Bungie Stainier, who uh, had Box of Cranes at the time, also delivered um, some coach training to Microsoft. And that also opened my eyes to what really enables and disables others learning. And as Michael says, you know, can you stay curious a little bit longer? Because we're all guilty of rushing to give advice, aren't we? So um, in the years thereafter, um, you know, I went through a period of significant illness um, and that really resulted in me hitting the pause button. Okay, okay. Um, 
would you mind maybe sharing a little bit? You know what what sort of happened? It sounds like you're, you're having this really eclectic career, <laughs> <laughs> and then you've had to hit the pause button a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah. Honestly, um, it was a really difficult time. Um, you know, health wise, uh, things caught up with me. Um, you could say I'd been making withdrawals from my wellness bank account um, <laughs> without making enough deposits. Um, and when I got ill, um, it was around 2018, 2019, I just wasn't getting any better. Um, I literally had no energy. Um, my vitality was lost. I was utterly exhausted. My battery was flat and everyday tasks that you'd be like, oh, I can normally do this really easily, but it was just a super struggle. Um, and there's no doubt about it. I was living on autopilot, just trying to get through, trying to keep going and trying to survive. And I guess as a result of that illness, I had a bit of an epiphany, right. <laughs> which is, um, it was a bit of a, it was a real low point in that illness. Um, and I had a voice inside me that just said, stop. Um, for some reason, I was ready to listen to that stop. And um, it led me to decide to leave Microsoft. And, um, you know, with 33 days plus of annual leave left, it was definitely time for a timeout. So um, that kind of, you know, uh, combination of catalysts, illness and going, wait a minute here, if you don't have energy, not much is possible. Um, You know, that timeout gave me a chance to really reflect on what did I want? What did I need? Um, what did I enjoy? And I retrained in transformational coaching, uh, what's known as three brains coaching, believe it or not, we do have three. Um, and then on to mental fitness and positive intelligence um, with Professor Shahzad Shermin from Stanford University, which honestly was a mega eye opener for me and a true revelation that I wish I'd found it sooner. Um, and it's with that passion that I really want to share it with others so that they can really leverage its operating system. And I don't say operating system because we're in a tech podcast, but it absolutely is an operating system for your life. Um, so that kind of, I guess, brings you up to date. Right. OK. And, and do you know, what? I think sadly, probably parts of that tale is quite common. You know, certainly I look around people that I've worked with over the years uh, a, v- a variety of different companies and you see that level of almost like burnout happening or that unable to recover not ha- and I'd say I got to points in my career where I was exactly like that and, and had to had to change my approach because there was no way I could carry on you know doing what I was doing uh, so it I resonates hugely with me and I'm sure it resonates with with lots of people out there that, mm. that might might be listening so I guess what would be then the tips, you know, so if you've mentioned an, a nice phrase autopilot there or, or we've talked about barely surviving, you know, that that kind of stuff. If, if people out there are finding, you know, life's a bit tough at the moment and perhaps they're in this autopilot and, and surviving, what sort of tips have you got uh, to help people get out of that surviving area? Mm, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I guess... Probably for context, it's useful to just give another little bit of background before I dive in. And that would be to say that, you know, we typically operate um, within four zones. Uh, Two of these zones are positive zones that we kind of want to be in and two are negative. 
Um, for the sake of time today, we don't have time to go into all of that, but two that I'll focus on um, are the survival zone and the burnout zone. And when we're in survival zone, um, you know, it is a place we will typically go on an average day when, you know, we get another snarly, stressy email or, you know, a colleague, you know, uh, overextends, you know, their, their request to you for the umpteenth time. But it's when we're constantly in survival zone and we start to live from there, we get into survival mode. And as we've talked about, um, also autopilot, just because, you know, it, it's our way to, to manage and keep going. So in brief, whenever we're in survival mode, we have what's known as high negative energy. Um, so we tend to experience emotions um, such as impatience, um, irritability, uh, frustration, um, angry, defensive, fearful, anxious and worried. And, um, you know, in a, in a place of high negative energy and high negative emotion, you can imagine that's a place of chronic stress, mm-hmm. uh, not anywhere that we really want to to be loving from, essentially. So by contrast, um, what I work with people on is to really help them get out of that survival zone and into a place of revival. And of course, from there into performance zone, where instead you have high positive energy, where, you know, you feel calm, you feel optimistic, you're challenged, you're excited by life, you've, you've probably got a growth mindset and high mental fitness, um, you know, and that's the kind of place that most people arguably, if they had to choose, would, would definitely prefer. But if you're in any doubt that, you know, we are living in survival mode, it's an absolutely real thing to pay attention to there. As you said, you know, the last couple of years have been tough um, for all sorts of reasons. And, you know, there's a plethora of data out there. Um, I think it was the um, AXA Mind Health study done in March this year. I think they did about a survey of about 30,000 people from 18 to 74, uh, 16 countries. I think it was Europe, Asia, America. But interestingly, uh, probably most relevant to us is it showed that half of the UK are currently not in a positive state of mental well-being okay. and at risk of burning out, which is having, I think they said it was like a 26 or 28 billion Im- uh, impact on the economy and businesses across the UK. Yeah. So so definitely something. So, um, so just to put, I guess, half of the people listening, statistically, half of the people listening to this podcast might be in a state of, of survival, you know, mm. might not be in a, a really high performance, optimistic, positive place. Mm-mm. But half the people listening to this feeling a bit low. Yeah, yeah. And and hence, you know, the way that we're living and working in general, you know, more and bigger, faster equals better, typically isn't working you don't have to go far to look at all the stats and the trajectory is going in the wrong direction. You know, um, we know that when we feel better and we feel positive, we perform better. Um, And it's how do we get back to those states instead of, you know, the opposite that we've just discussed. You know, I think in terms of uh, being truly successful, being performant, being productive, feeling happy and well in your life, it's not about the amount of time that we work. It's about the quality of the energy that we bring to our work that matters. Um, you know, you obviously can't jump from being in survival uh, zone or, or mode into performance zone. You really need to focus on how do I stop going to survival zone in the first place? Yeah. Okay. So uh, 
have you got any, I guess, practical, tangible things then that we could think about um, to help us think how do we move to that more positive place than, than, than just the survival place? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that I'll share, um, <laughs> you know me, I could probably talk for Britain on this, but um, <laughs> I'll try I'll try to be brief and focused, but I'll, I'll focus in three areas today. Um, I guess, you know, in societies, you know, that we've built up systems and ways of working that are in opposition to our health, without realising it, many people have normalised the deprioritization of sleep. Okay. So I would absolutely start there and say, identify and create your recovery plan. Okay. And I don't mean create a recovery plan because you've absolutely hit rock bottom. You know, part of self-leadership is really being attuned to your needs and proactively managing those needs. Um, and one of those things is understanding what you need to rejuvenate, to rest, to really truly recover. Um, and we say that energy is the capacity to do work. So if you're exhausted and stressed, your capacity and your, your cognitive abilities, well, guess what? They're impaired. Mm. Um, you know, athletes, they know that the quality of their performance is only as good as the quality of their recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really not something to, to be glossed over. And um, it's something that I've struggled with sleep. So I've done a lot of research and learning in this area myself. And I think it's... Um, Dr. Matthew Walker, the sleep scientist, says we're the only species who actively deprives ourselves of sleep for no apparent gain. Right. And in the days when you're running fast and hard at work and you feel like you've had no time to yourself, one of the other things that we see people do in that active deprivation of sleep is they haven't had time to themselves in the day, so they delay going to sleep. And oh, I'll just watch another YouTube video. I'll just watch another episode of Netflix. I'll just scroll the internet for another half an hour instead of actually going to sleep. Yeah. So um, there's lots of, you know, habitual patterns and things that have arisen over the last couple of years and, and seem to be on the rise, partly because of the way we're living and working. Mm. Um, but, you know, our life is meant to be lived in rhythms um, and, you know, learning about your circadian rhythm, when you best rest, how long you best rest for is absolutely key. Um, so, you know, really invest at least an hour before bed in a wind down routine. Be really intentional and proactive about that and really anchor your sleep, you know, say get a minimum of seven to nine hours, keep your room cool, I think about 18 degrees Celsius is optimal. Remove those unnatural sources of light. Um, that includes your phones and other electronics, which is probably one of the, the hardest breakups many of us have to do. Um, <laughs> go to bed at the same time each night and wake up in the morning. Now, that's arguably probably one of the, the areas that most people I find struggle with. But our body loves rhythm and loves routine. Um, so if you can, that's one of the areas that will absolutely make a big difference. It will take time and practice. And of course, minimize alcohol, caffeine and heavy meals at least 90 minutes before, yeah. um, you know, we, we go to bed. Do you know, it's fascinating because we did, um, I, I did a study and I know you've done it as well uh, f with First Beat where mm. we, I wore a device um, for, I think it was three days, day and night. It was taped to my body and it was measuring heart rate variance. And it's about whether you're expending energy or whether you're re recovering energy. And, you know, I, I learned 
that sleep is a massive um, a massive thing for me. I'm not very good at recovering during the day, mm. but I'm really I'm a really efficient sleeper. I didn't know there was such a thing, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a really really good sleeper. But therefore, if I don't get enough of it, I'm I'm rubbish the next day. And just to your point on alcohol. One night, uh, you know, as part of the experiment and part of the testing was like, I couldn't have been any holier that day. Do you know what I mean? I did (laughs) exercise. I meditated. You know, I did everything. And then the next day it was like, right, I'm having a sharing bag of crisps and a bottle of wine before I go to bed. (laughs) And I see I'm going to see what's going to happen. And, you know, you could just see that I did. My recovery was pushed back, like you say there, maybe a couple of hours. So even though I went to bed at the same time that my level of recovery was so bad because of all the junk food and alcohol I'd had before I'd gone mm. to bed that it it was like I'd had two hours less sleep even though I'd slept for the same amount of time. So, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, big fan of recovery. <laughs> oh, I can't even claim that my results were anywhere near good as yours. Mine's was a sea of red. Right, right. Okay. And uh, it's funny that you mention it because at the time I really didn't pay any attention to it, if I'm really honest. I mean, oh, yeah, this is a nice exercise, la, 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 la. But um, I've only I've actually found that report recently. I looked at it again and I went, whoa, this was like mega alarm bells. And I didn't realize because right. I was on autopilot. Right. Yeah. I wasn't really awake. I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. Which it kind of emphasizes how much being an autopilot yeah, is great for oh, the lift doors open. Shall I get in? Well, let's not think about it. We know that we get in the lift when the doors open. But for other things that we're just missing our life. Um, we, we're not awake as much as we think that we are. And it's funny, you talking about sleep, you must be one of the really rare few people who has good sleep. But um, sleep is actually a passive form of rest. And it brings me on to the other part of the recovery plan is know about the seven types of rest um, to really support your energy. So that rest throughout the day that you've kind of touched upon, um, you know, so there's these seven types and and you don't necessarily need all seven. It's about learning what works for you, um, like everything really. Um, the seven types, just in brief, are physical rest, mental rest, sensory rest, creative rest, emotional, social, and spiritual. And if you want to find out more about that, I really recommend having a look at um, Dr. Sandra Dalton's work. Um, and she goes into that in a lot more detail. Okay. Um, and it really expands the concept of how we can have energy awareness and energy management and really restore ourselves so many people I speak to oh yeah yeah I'm resting I'm resting but their minds going 10 to the dozen yeah so they're really still on yeah. They haven't powered down. They haven't had a chance to really properly decompress. So for example, sensory rest for me is I need to move away from the tech. I mean going on holiday and leaving my phone at home yeah. bliss. Yeah, yeah. Really hard to do yeah. but deeply refreshing more than you might even expect. Okay. So rest is is absolutely key. Um Real basics. We don't have to overcomplicate these things. Is obviously being active daily um, and making sure that you're hydrated. Sleep, hydration, rest, eat well, eat nutritious food that's real food. Yeah. If you do nothing else, you know that that's a great basis to start from. Okay. The other area, I guess, that I would introduce and talk about is um, and is a huge source of stress. Um, for a lot of people without realizing it again, this comes back to self-awareness, knowing yourself is boundaries. Okay. So if, if you're unsure that, you know, uh, boundaries is something that you need to give attention to, 
Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling resentment towards others asking you for help? Um, are you feeling weary and discontented? Do you feel taken advantage of? Um, you know, are you perhaps uh, avoiding interactions with others? You're avoiding calls. You're avoiding meetings in case somebody asks you to do something. You know, okay. um, you know. Do you frequently feel that you just have no time for yourself? So boundaries is a massive topic um, and it's definitely number two in my list of okay. things to really kind of get to grips with so that you identify what boundaries you might need, okay. how you can communicate them and how you can uphold them. So, so what, what do you mean by boundaries? Yeah, sure. Boundaries are really um, the limits that you set for yourself okay. in any given relationship that help you feel safe, that help you feel comfortable. It includes um, meeting your needs and your expectations, um, contributes to your mental and emotional wellness, and really just an overall ingredient for living and working and, and, and feeling good and feeling well. So really simple one, right. uh, boundaries wise, and it depends on what kind of job you're doing, of course is start and finish work on time, at a time, okay. not bleed it into the evening and you're sitting there at nine o'clock at the laptop. Yeah. You know, really super simple boundaries. Boundaries, like I said, even from stepping away from your tech, not having the phone in the bedroom. Yeah. Boundaries with colleagues and communicating those. Those are arguably the hardest, but you can absolutely learn how to do that. And what do you mean by that? Uh, communi- uh, boundaries with colleagues yeah, and communicating absolutely. them? It, it's, it's really about learning to balance your no's and your yeses. Okay. Um, if everything is a yes and everything's a priority, then you don't have any boundaries. Okay. Um, you know, it's you just end up doing a thousand things badly, yeah, a couple of things really well. Absolutely, you scatter yourself, you scatter your energy super thin, and you also have a sense of dissatisfaction that what you're doing is never enough. You know, year on year, the demand goes up and up and up and up. We all have 24 hours in a day, but does our capacity rise to meet that? No, it doesn't. We have a limited amount of time, capacity. We talked about energy. We can renew that, but but we have to accept our humanness. We're not computers that run purely on electricity. Yeah. We need more in order to live and work well. And, you know, if you're constantly stressed, you're definitely not managing your boundaries. It's back to self-awareness about really understanding yourself. There's so many elements and layers to this, but I'm, I'm mindful of time, um, certainly today. So, yeah. Okay, so we've got this idea of a recovery plan that we've talked through and, and thinking how important recovery is. We've thought about this idea of uh, saying no to things and saying yes to things and knowing what our boundaries are and being intentional uh, about what we'll do. Any other tips? Yeah, um, again, I've kind of chunked into three areas, although there's lots of layers here, but really again be intentional about activating your best self and understand what that is for you in in the work that I do when I say activate your best self that starts with building your mental fitness and raising your positive intelligence when we've talked about emotions and energy earlier on and when we're in negative emotion for longer than a couple of seconds our mind sabotages us it's fair to say most of us want to go through life with a mind that is our best friend, that serves and support us rather than literally 
you know, does the complete opposite. It's, it's not a happy life. So um, mental fitness is, you can think about it as the, the strength of mind, building the strength of mind uh, versus mental health, which is state of mind. Okay. And you can imagine that having a strength of mind is absolutely going to support your mental health. Um, but mental fitness really represents your ability to use your cognitive um, and your emotional resources to really handle the challenges of daily life. And if you make that really strong, imagine how different your day can be. And, you know, you can really think of that um, mental fitness, I guess, uh, mental fitness training is hitting the gym for your mind. Um, you know, it absolutely sharpens your focus, enhances your creativity. It improves your ability to problem solve um, and handle the ups and downs of life with grace, ease and confidence. And, you know, when things hits the fan, having that real sense of self-assuredness that actually it's okay, I've got this. Mm. It is a wonderful, wonderful feeling to mm. feel in that moment that most often we don't it, it's it's something else like yeah and, and I really like that idea because sometimes the brain almost seems a bit mystical or a bit you're born you're born with the brain you've got or, or, whereas for me you know I think like I know I can go to the gym or I can go for a run and I know if I keep doing that I will get better you yes. know and, I, and I've seen that over my life where you, you or there's uh you know people doing the couch to 5k from a running perspective you can start off you can't run anything you finish that program with the BBC and you're able to run sort of 5k um and you can see that and I love the fact that you're sort of applying that to your mindset and going hold on I was here but I can do these these things just like I would at a gym or going for a run and actually my mental fitness will improve which then means when challenges before me I'm in a much more resilient place to be able to deal yeah, with that. Yeah, absolutely. And you have that strength of mind. And it's the same thing that if you decide, oh, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to build muscle and you do that for six weeks or let's say a little bit longer, let's say six months. And then after six months, you decide, okay, I'm done with that. Well, guess what's going to happen to your physical fitness? Mm. What's going to happen to your physical strength? Is it yeah. going to remain or no, not? Drop off, so yeah. exactly. So mental fitness is a practice for life. Okay. Um, and in 15 minutes a day, you can build those muscles. Okay. Okay. So how, how might I do that if I wanted to Ooh, build my brain muscles? We, we need another <laughs> podcast for this. Oh, right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be like, Alison, we're, we're almost out of time. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, but genuinely, um, that's perhaps something to chat about in a minute. But um, really what you're doing is you're building your ability to notice back to self-awareness you're building your ability to shift your state from negative perhaps to neutral yeah or negative to positive okay. and then you could <laughs> this is a bit of a shortcut i hope this isn't too silly but it's kind of like we're wired for negativity bias it's it's served humans super well up until now survival of the species yeah but in our everyday lives, if we go through our lives thinking everything is big, bad and scary and out to get us, yeah. then we're probably going to freeze or do fight and flight. Yeah. Again, back to survival mode, survival zone is high chronic stress. It's not a place that we kind of want to be. So we want to, it's a bit like, um, let me think, uh, it's a bit like, you know, you've got the hand uh, on the hot stove. You put the hand in the hot stove and you go, ooh, it's hot. So that heat is painful. Is pain useful? Yes. It's an alert. Move your hand away. But what happens is when we get into states of negative emotion, 
we stay there with our hand on the hot stove right. and it becomes more painful than it needs to be. Okay. So instead, we want to use that alert, shift ourselves into neutral or positive mindset, where arguably we actually have other resources in our brain that aren't as strong as this negativity bias. And what the mental fitness does is it strengthens that part of the brain so that when you do shift to it, you have even better resources to make use of. Okay. We call that the sage mind. Okay. Um, okay. Some people have likened it to the negative side is the Darth Vader and the positive side is your Jedi mind. Okay. So if you're into Jedi mind training, you might like mental fitness. Right. Okay. And, and it's interesting because... I... There's sort of the way our brains work, like you say, survival of the species. You know, we treat everything like you've met a bear, a grizzly bear in the woods. Um, and actually, you want that response to kick in when you meet a grizzly bear in the woods because you want to survive. But when you're about to give a, a sales pitch or you're about to get on stage at a conference and talk or you're about to have a difficult conversation with somebody, mm. I don't need I've met, you know, a I've met a bear in the woods approach you know which is where our natural brain is sort of taking us and so you're saying actually by taking on this sort of mental fitness approach we're able to deep maybe decouple that natural response a little bit yeah, yeah. You, you described it perfectly so you can think about it as putting the brakes on your mind okay so the brakes and most people are pretty weak in their mind mental fitness builds those is, okay. is one aspect it's, it's so much more than that but um it really is back to that survival mode survival zone is most of us are not completing what's called our natural stress cycle okay. so that our body goes from high alert fight flight or freeze down back down to regulated and calm and i'm safe okay. back to business as usual right so if you're never regulating yourself back to business as usual and you're constantly in high alert high alert high alert well you're burning your tires okay. right you think about going around the, the track at, uh, what is it, Grand Prix, etc. They have to do a pit stop. Their tires yeah. get so hot, they have to change them. Yeah. But we're not doing that. We're just burning through the tires yeah. when we stay in that zone. Okay. Um, so putting the brakes in our mind and having what we call a self-command, you can build it more easily than we think we can. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I say that I really wish I'd find this sooner, <laughs> to be honest. Well, I'm conscious that, God, we're whistling through time. Um, is there is there any more tips that you want to share or, or, or have we got another podcast going here? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess, you know, uh, the other thing for me to say is, you know, if people really want to lead themselves uh, in all aspects of their life is just learn some of those fundamentals uh, that I've mentioned you know you mentioned at the start of the podcast there's been it's been a really tough time in tech it continues to be a tough time in tech and in other socio-economic um, you know circumstances we've all been exposed to the last few years and you know volatility uncertainty complexity ambiguity and all that kind of stuff you know we to say that we're facing a plethora of challenges um, we really need to be in a space to equip ourselves to find new solutions and to find ways forward. Mm -hmm. If we're all running around like headless chickens in survival mode, well, we're probably not going to come up with the kind of solutions that we really need. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, really learn to attune to your needs, know yourself, establish your self-enablement routine, make yourself stronger and able to face those challenges in life mm. uh, with greater ease. Um, mm. Healthy coping mechanisms. Everything's really personal, so I tend not to give super generic, but there are those basics that I've mentioned. Sleep, activity, 
water, proactive recovery, um, you know, have those boundaries in place and really invest in knowing yourself. Mm. Well, you know, fascinating. Uh, for those people that may have listened to this and gone, God, I, I need this in my life. Um, I understand that you're, you're, you run a program all about this, this kind, of, kind of stuff. W- what is it that you run and, and how is it that you help people? Yeah, um, I typically work with people in a couple of ways, but I guess today we've talked a few times about mental fitness. So uh, I guess an entry level way to, to work together would be my eight week uh, program. Uh, where you learn to build your mental fitness called Survival to Revival. And it is about helping you build your mental muscles so that you can navigate those challenges uh, with greater ease. And it really is an operating system. It's the foundations of the house, so to speak. Um, And it hugely simplifies personal development. I've tried so many different personal development things since probably about 2002, 2003. And I can honestly say that this is revolutionary Mm. uh, in so many aspects. Um, You know, its applications are huge across stress management, leadership, conflict, relationships, wellness and performance. Um, So, you know, if you are interested in building your mental muscles, um, that's a great way to start. Okay, and and how can people get in touch with you? If if they're interested in this, what should they do next? Yeah, sure, Um, I guess, best place probably linkedin um best place to find me um you know i'll share with you some details around my uh, newsletter which unsurprisingly is about elevating your performance building your mental strength aka your mental muscles and holistic wellness um and i also um offer um, a handful of complimentary work life strategy calls each month really just to give people a space and a pocket of time out in their day to explore what's what's perhaps getting in their way of living well and helping them go away with even just a next step. It's that whole, you don't need to see the whole staircase. Mm. Sometimes you just need to get started. And it is one of the biggest ways that we tend to sabotage ourselves by saying, I will start when. I will start when this happens. I will start when I have this. I'll start when I'm less tired and so on and so forth. So if I can help people get started, um, then by all means, feel free to book in one of those. And and I've heard somebody say, well, when's it the best time to start doing this? And the the first answer is, well, 10 years ago. And the second best answer is tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's... um, it, it, it is. It is strangely one of the is not starting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We get in our way, unfortunately, a lot of ways, but it doesn't have to be like that. And we're actually, as always, we're more capable than we realise. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you so much for going through all of this. As I sort of just sort of reminisce, I've got my notebook and it in front of me. I sort of think the key things that have sprung out to me firstly the value of recovery and and prioritizing that recovery you know it's so important i'm so on board with you and and i've had to learn that for myself the hard way so so that's that's brilliant really then interesting to hear about this idea of setting your boundaries what you're going to say yes to what you're going to say no to and that you need to create those boundaries um so that that that's really so those are the two takeaways that spring right to the pop of you know to the top of my mind a- any takeaways that you'd like like to to go through for for finally yeah. for people to remember i guess an investment in your uh, an investment in your sleep is an investment in your effectiveness tomorrow okay um sleep really is the elixir of life if you're to take any time to look into that 
as I said, if you did nothing else and you invested in nothing else, make it your sleep and okay. make it your recovery. Um, if you're feeling stressed most of the time, do consider learning about boundaries. It's one of those big things that's a bit scary for people. That, you know, we never get taught it at school, but getting those in shape will bring you great peace of mind if that's something that you crave. And really do invest in sort of retraining your brain. Um, you know, the mind is a wonderful servant, but it's a terrible master. Okay. So I would leave it there. Leave it there. Well, thank you so much. So I'll pop in the show notes for anybody that's interested, a link to you on LinkedIn, a link to your newsletter um, and all of those bits and pieces. So have a look in the in the show notes if, if anybody else is interested in, in doing that. So I thought I'd just say it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for coming to the Elevated You studio uh, and spending time time with us. Uh, it's been absolutely lovely to have you with us. So thank you very much. No, thank you, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. So there we have it. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast and rate the show. It really helps spread the word. And check out our technical storytelling program to help build your influencing and leadership skills. 